Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. What is going on, everybody? Really uh, happy that you are tuning into another episode of Dangerous World here and hanging out with me. You know who I am. You know what the topic is going to be, I guess, right? I mean, uh, judging by the name, you know, that we're talking about demonic influence over government and over elites and leadership in our world. I think um, there's something that a lot of people talk about, and I wanted to throw my ideas around and uh, see what you think. Just because it's it's obvious at this point that there is some sort of force that is pushing our world in a very dark direction. Um, I don't care if you think it's uh, Lucifer or Satan or, uh, you know, whatever kind of negative energy you want to call it. It seems like we're being pushed away from the light into the darkness. Now, some people may debate me on the idea that Lucifer is the light bearer. That is, in my opinion, provably untrue. Now, you know, I'm not necessarily, uh, I'm not, I don't even have to use the word necessarily. I am not an expert when it comes to topics like this. I don't really consider myself an expert in hardly any topic. I used to think that I knew my shit, but the more you learn, the more it seems like, you know, less and less, um, you get a lot more questions and you get answers looking into this kind of stuff. So what I hope to do here is just inspire you to think a little bit about why this is going on. What agendas are being pushed on us as a world, not even as a country in the United States? Because I know there are people around the world listening to the show. Why are we getting these narratives pushed to us? Um, I've got a really great quote from Albert Pike here. And in my mind, I always have wanted to call him Robert. So if I do that, I'm going to make sure I correct myself. But I've I've caught myself over and over in conversations calling this man Robert. So um, Albert Pike, who I'll get into a little bit here. um, He's a very, very influential Freemason um, upon a few other things. So going to start off with some of his um, interesting quotes and one in particular that's really disturbing. And then, you know, I'll kind of run through the three influential power hubs of the world with military, religion, and monetary or financial powers, right? And, and I know that you probably kind of have an idea of where I'm going to go with those. Um, of course, we're talking about the City of London, the Vatican, and Washington, D.C. Um, going to talk about that. Going to mention uh, the different types of demons that may have an effect on the negativity push so much in the media. Um, also, government, business, just really life in general, I think where uh, negativity seems to have a a strong, strong foundation in anything that gets attention from people, right? The news reports on negativity. Um, It seems like even people that enjoy podcasts enjoy listening to something that has some sort of struggle. When you watch a movie, you enjoy a conflict in the movie. 
um, reality TV, you know, the, the culture that that's created, I think feeds right into this. Um, also a really interesting 2012 article by Paul McGuire, um, where he discusses a high council of 12, which would use scientific mind control to imprison the masses. And these 12 are influenced by demonic forces. Now, again, this article is written in 2012 and the man makes some serious, accurate predictions. Uh, also, after that, going to get into child sacrifice and how you may have uh, already probably consumed aborted fetal tissue without even really knowing. Um, and if that's the case, we've all taken part in a cannibalistic ritual of sorts, which is really fucked up. You may have heard me talking about HEK-293, but um, I'm going to kind of elaborate on that more. After that, I'm going to be moving into uh, a little bit because this is a very deep topic and I don't want to go... I mean, you can spend an entire episode on this, and I only have so many hours in the day to research these things. I'll get into the ancient foundation of these traditions, the sacrificial traditions, the the uh, cannibalism traditions, and the whole sun god worship um, that goes along with that. So at the end, I'm going to discuss the idea that Lucifer does not represent light and knowledge, but it's actually the archangel Uriel, Okay. Um, this may be a point of contention for some people because this is like I have said multiple times lately, the 10th grade philosophy that Lucifer represents knowledge is very strong in a lot of people. Um, and this is my disclaimer, which I always say I'm agnostic. I don't know where I stand on this and I reverse engineer all this shit because our leaders, um, which I don't like calling them and people have called me out for calling them our leaders. I'm sorry, guys. They do lead the fucking world. They make policy. They create policy. They make you do things that you don't want to do, right? Taxes, um, insurance, you name it. I mean, there's so many things that you have to do throughout your day that you don't want to do because of the system set in place by our what? Our leaders. And <laughs> they lead us. And they're not good leaders. I think that we could definitely find some better people that could be doing this whole thing for us, right? Taking us in a better direction. Um, but it kind of seems like Lucifer is dead um, because, you know, the whole version of uh, uh, he, he's basically the version of Satan when God, when he was God's right hand man. If you're going to fall in line with the theories that uh, Christianity pushes, which is the most interesting religion to me, I, I, I when I say interesting, it's the one that I want to learn more about. Um so Lucifer wouldn't even be a thing anymore, really, because Satan has clearly taken over. Um, he's, you know, Lucifer was the right hand man of God. He fell. Now Satan's in charge of the underworld. And he's got his own kingdom. He, of course, got jealous because of, uh, you know, he was no longer God's most prized creation. Adam and Eve were. Mankind was. So ever since then, Lucifer, uh, who is now Satan, goes after the humans and tries to take them over and move them away from God. And I think he's doing a pretty damn good job. But if you're going to follow the ideas of Christianity, he does not win in the end. So I think that there's got a lot, a lot more chaos to come, but uh, we might end up just, uh, you know, seeing, a, seeing it through on the other side, you know, before we end up uh, all dying and going on to whatever is next for us here, which is very interesting. I'm excited to get into that towards the end because it doesn't seem like, it's the same for everyone. Um, some people see a light. Some people do not. And there's a whole list of a little group that was, it's actually a sizable group, 
uh, there's a list of reoccurring themes and uh, percentages of these people that have like, you know, known that they were dead, uh, seen a light, you know, had an out of body experience, things like this. So we'll get into that. But the idea that before I move into the actual episode, the idea here of Lucifer becoming Satan, it's like in the movies when you see a character like Harvey Dent, for example, become Two-Face. Okay, if you're familiar with the Batman comics and all this stuff, Harvey Dent is no more. They don't call him Harvey Dent anymore. They call him Two-Face, right? Now, maybe he still has that DNA in him that makes him Harvey Dent, but he's not that character anymore. He is a different character. And if we're looking at these things like characters, Lucifer is gone, right? I mean, that's just the way I see it. And again, I'm sure that there is a religious scholar, someone that actually knows about this, that would be able to, to combat me with this. Um, I just, I don't see why people even, um, give any kind of credence to loose for being the light bearer. If that's the case, it's when he was a good guy, right? That he was the, the leader of the light. But as I just mentioned, it's really seemingly Uriel, uh, who is an archangel, which I did not know about. And, um, an interesting thing about two face too, is that that side of his face that got all messed up is the left hand, uh, the left hand path, the, uh, you know left side of the political ideology which is moving us into this progressive direction away from what is good and what is pure and you're going to see when i start quoting albert pike here why that's so significant and why it actually makes a lot of sense why they're why they've constructed the right versus the left the religious and conservative values and old time values versus the progressives and the atheists and the uh, you know, people that want change and want to push society forward. The quicker we go forward, the quicker we go to the end days. So it just makes a lot of sense here when you see it like that. Um, but, you know, if you've been a listener of the show since the beginning, you know that the show's gone through some phases. OK, um, we had Brandon. Uh, we were kind of we started off essentially debating conspiracy theories and politics him and I don't agree on much. Uh, you know, doesn't matter what the topic is. We probably don't agree on much of it. Um, and then there was one particular episode that we didn't even release that I got so frustrated with him because it didn't seem like the episode was going anywhere. And at that point, the podcast kind of entered a new phase where it wouldn't be so argumentative. We wouldn't be debating so much, but he would say when he didn't agree with something that I was pushing or a crazy theory. And I would usually have some sort of fact to back up what I'm saying. And he would have a fact to back up what he's saying. So that kind of feeds into the idea that there are no real facts anymore, which is unfortunate. Um, now, after Brandon's gone, I am currently in this phase of geopolitics um, and then, you know, some secret societies. And I'm sure you've noticed my interest in Christianity lately. So I'm not moving into a new phase of pushing Christianity or pushing anything, because as I always say, I'm agnostic. I don't know where I sit on these things. Um, but I, I, I like to reverse engineer these things. The Luciferianism is very, very present. Doesn't matter if it's Hollywood, if it's politics, if it's school systems, education. Um, we see some darkness creeping into our lives, it seems. And governments around the world seem to worship darkness. And I have a problem with that. If there's light and dark, why not go to the lightness? Why not go to the goodness of humanity and morality and all these things? Um, 
what I've learned about secret societies along this way has taught me that although many of them kind of worship some sort of God on the surface, they all seem to be tricked into taking some sort of oath in order to really join or ascend the rankings of these societies. Um, taking an oath seems to be satanic in nature, you know, just to paint with a broad brush, taking an oath to something or swearing to something, even swearing to God is not supposed to be the way to go about shit. It's not the move. Okay. Um, without muddying the waters of this episode too much with like super, super esoteric groups, I'm going to cite the big, more well-known societies like the Freemasons, maybe the Jesuits a little bit. Um, and we'll see if some others just kind of organically come up as I move throughout the episode. Okay. Um, I want to take this chance really quick to just, you know, remind you if you want to support the show and everything I'm doing, there's going to be a link in the bio as there is in every episode to support me on Patreon. Okay. Support the show, support the work, the research, all that good shit. I feel like if you learn something, um, more than one time on the show, hopefully you see some value in it and you want to support it. Go from three to ten dollars. It's up to you what you feel like it's worth monthly. Um, you will not miss that money, I promise you. And um, it adds up, man. The more the more I can get, uh, you know, full time, and the more hours I can spend doing this, the more I can put out, and the more uh, the more value I think will be created from the show. Also, dangerousworldstore.com for t-shirts. Um, I don't want to go too crazy with plugs here, but um, that's uh, it's just a it's a grind out here. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate everybody that supports the show and operation tinfoil is a good dude that started a great EMF um, anti EMF clothing company that will block your brain from, uh, you know, getting, getting uh, all these harmful 5g signals and radioactive shit that's in the atmosphere, man, that's just really messing with us. And we're not going to see the long-term effects of this stuff. So I want to say that um, you can go to where tinfoil.com. And you can get $10 off this great anti-EMF beanie that's got silver lining. And it's the best fucking hat I've ever worn. It's a dope beanie. Uh, I was actually able to wear it this morning when I was fucking around outside. And it's uh, Tucson, Arizona. It, it gets hotter than you want to believe early in the day. So, again, wear tinfoil.com. Great, great dude that runs Operation Tinfoil over there. Um, so we're going to be collabing in the future. But um, with that being said, guys, I appreciate everything that you do. I hope that you enjoy this episode. We're going to roll into um, just the meat of the episode here because there's a lot to talk about. So one of the most um, influential Masons, right? I mean, the Freemasons get this, this almost cartoonish representation that anyone that ever does bad and throughout history is a Freemason, right? And that maybe for a reason, I think that they may be kind of like this fall guy, you know, how the mafia has the bag man, like the guy or, you know, the fall guy of whatever kind, whatever you want to paint on the Freemasons. There's something to the idea that George Washington was a Freemason. So many government officials are Freemasons. Um, they have a lot of people that get caught up doing some shady shit. Now, the Jesuits are kind of in combat with some of these guys, and the Jesuits are very, very cunning in their methods. Um, but you have this very, very influential Mason named Albert Pike, okay? And he's got a monument in the uh, Masonic Temple in Washington, D.C., which I think was torn down by rioters in 2020. And from what I understand, it's being stored. Um, don't quote me on that, but it's being stored and, like, the damage is being assessed and shit. I don't know if it's back up. 
Um, I have a lot more important shit to talk about than just his statue, more about his ideology and some of the shit that he was sharing with other leaders around the world, politicians in Italy specifically. Um, But Albert Pike is among only a small handful of other Masons at his level, as far as his influence goes. So when I quote him here, it's not even like I'm quoting your average grandmaster or anything like that. I, I mean, the guy is fucking huge. Ask any Freemason. Uh, that you might know about Albert Pike, and they're going to know him. They're going to know that he is like Freemason royalty, essentially. If I'm not mistaken, he was named uh, Mason of the Century. Um, and he died in the, I think in the 1800s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I should have a birth and date or a death here for you, but I don't think that that's too important because um, you can tell when he was really popping off and when he ascended through all this stuff as I kind of go on. Um. I should also mention, too, that his statue wasn't torn down because he was a Freemason. It was torn down because he was a uh, Confederate general in the Civil War and an alleged KKK member. Now, some Masons will argue to the death that he wasn't, but there's some pretty credible evidence that he was. Um, So depending on who you ask and where they stand on the Confederacy and the KKK and all that shit, uh, you may get a different answer. But I did my research on that KKK stuff. That's why I say alleged. Because there's credible arguments for both. Um, I tend to lean towards the idea that he is a former member of the KKK because he's dead. Okay. Um, But there's something that everyone could really hate about this dude. I'll say that. And this is really where secret societies and Luciferianism kind of cross roads. Okay. So in 1871, Pike wrote a letter out of Little Rock, Arkansas. And I know what you're thinking right away. Arkansas, man, that's where the Clintons are from. That's a state that's intentionally being kept poor and dumb. And uh, I mean, just it's kind of considered an armpit by a lot of people, even though I think it's a beautiful state. I've never been. I've seen some great pictures. And there's uh, some great people that come out of there, with the exception of the Clintons, I would say. A lot of really hidden information about Arkansas. But um Pike writes a letter to a man in Italy named Giuseppe Massini, who's a politician and journalist whose nationalistic ideology was mimicked by Mussolini and people like this later on. Um, There's a really, really crazy thing that he says here in this letter to this guy. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm reading it off my phone, so bear with me here. But Albert Pike says this. He says, we shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm, which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, the origin of savagery, and the most bloody turmoil. Then, everywhere, the citizens forced to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude disillusioned with Christianity, whose deistic spirits will form direction and leadership. Anxious for an ideal, but without knowledge where to render its adoration, will receive the pure light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out onto public view, a manifestation which will result from a general reactionary movement which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. Okay? They're pushing people, according to Pike here, again, a heavily, heavily influential Freemason. They're pushing people away from Christianity into atheism. 
And then out of this chaos, when these two sides are fighting, they'll both fall down and they will both uh, crumble in his words, right? And they'll be looking for some sort of leadership. And this is where the Antichrist will step in. It's fascinating. It is a very, very interesting thing that someone could be caught saying, right? Um, he flat out says that the goal is to weaken Christianity with atheism and nihilism, basically ruin a great society with decadence disguised as morality, like the openness of all things, really, right? I mean, we're talking about obesity being praised. We're talking about homosexuality, which I've mentioned several times. I really don't have a problem with homosexuality, but I do think that it was kind of the idea of moving the goalpost. Um, being so open about homosexuality and then now pedophilia is starting to come about, um, allowing people to not work and not contribute, even though they're healthy, um, you know, being disabled is cool, all this kind of shit. Right. And it's referred to as a social cataclysm because it's exactly that. I mean, if you're going to be so tolerant that, you know, people can kill people and just get off scot-free or people can abuse people. Because it's moral to understand where they're coming from. No, there's a fine line here, right? And I think that we've crossed it a long time ago in the United States and really the world. But it's just insane to think that you you can be 100% accepting of all different types of ideologies. There are some ideologies that are clearly wrong and some ideas that are just downright horrible. Um, but later, Pike says... You know, in in his quote there, he I'm trying to kind of translate it for you here. Um, he says that countries' citizens will have to defend themselves against homeland tyranny, and out of the chaos will come order. This is that ordo ab chao. I mean, we've heard this, we've heard this so many times, and this dude was talking about this in 1871, and then he goes on to say towards the end there when he references Lucifer, the new age religion which transcends Christianity and atheism alike will become the new world religion under the world's ruler. Again, the antichrist. It's insane. I don't even need to go any further from here knowing that, I mean, right now, what I just said, I just kind of proved that at least Freemasons who have, again, a massive, massive presence in the governments around the world, not just in the United States, they want to convert the world into worshiping Lucifer. You, you hear it by one of the most influential Masons of all time, Albert Pike. He said that to another buddy of his over in Italy. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was just a fringe dude talking some shit, but this is the thought leader of Freemasonry from my research. And I've heard this dude's name dropped a lot when it comes to Freemasonry. And you can just do a little research if you think that maybe this is just like, you know, this guy was just high up. Yeah, he was high up to say the fucking least. I mean, this guy is very, very influential. Um. They've been working to do this since the beginning. I mean, uh, probably before the United States was around. And it's actually likely happened again already when you kind of listen to some of these podcasts that talk about alternate history, um, which it's funny. Anytime they call something alternate, it's usually more the base, like, right. It's more like the accurate information with alternate alternative media, alternate history, uh, whatever. I mean, you know, some of these shows talk about this, that there's, uh, there seems to have been resets before. So maybe this has happened. Okay. Um, so moving into the idea here where these powers throughout the world, because it's not just the United States, but these powers around the world are leaning towards the darkness. They're leaning towards 
negativity. There's three major powers in the world, which I mentioned earlier, the financial, the religious, and the military forces, okay? You've got the city of London, which is the financial, the religious, which is the Vatican, and then the um, uh, Washington, D.C., which will be the military as well. So I'm going to briefly talk about the city of London and some of the shit that I found that um, may not be out there too much, but kind of solidifies the idea that uh, London and the crown specifically are pretty darn demonic. Now, I've talked about this on a few occasions, but we'll definitely be getting into uh, some new stuff here. So all money is controlled by the crown in the entire world, okay? Because the, the city of London is is controlled by the crown itself, which the crown is not the royal family. It's some unknown power. And they've selected the Windsors as the frontmen of the organization. And the crown engages in pedophilia. You know what I mean? I know that you've seen this and, and you've heard this. You have the uh, Kinkora Boys Home in Belfast. I think that's how it's pronounced. Kinkora, K-I-N-C-O-R-A. Um, it's a boys home in Belfast created by the MI6. Okay, that's their version of the CIA, basically. Uh, shortly afterwards, you have uh, orphanages in Wales. And uh, then those of London, Scotland. And then, of course, Jimmy Seville. He, he got popped for, and he was very, very well connected to the royals and the crown itself, right? Um, now, there's this one situation that's very interesting to me. This guy, John Allen. Is a manager of a Welsh orphanage called Bryn Alyn. If you want to look this up, it's B-R-Y-N-A-L-Y-N. Just two different words. Um, where many scandals were revealed in this little area here, this orphanage. It was actually quite sizable, but many of those involved the uh, in this entire event, in the scheme, I should say, were Freemasons. So you have children being sent to villas and hostels to be raped by influential pedophiles under this Allen's watch and some 170 plus people who were minors at the time testified in the nineties and only about 30 cases were actually heard at that point. Um, the school was shut down in 97 after many allegations. And uh, after getting off several times, Allen was finally sentenced to 14 years in 2014 for guess how many sex offenses? 33, okay? 33 sex offenses. This guy finally got popped for him. So if you don't maybe uh, tend to think that these things are ritualistic, there's a nice little 33 for you. You know what I mean? Look into that. Uh, to find out more about this, you can just look into uh, Operation Palio, okay? And, and the way that that's spelled is uh, P-A-L-L-I-A-L, Operation Palio. Um, Weird, weird, dark stuff. And there's also the uh, royal blood disease, which the uh, Windsors seem to have called porphyria. And I've talked about this before, but porphyria in Greek means violet, right? Purple. And um, which is the royal color. And supposedly I heard that it was the royal color because it was the most difficult color to create uh, back when they had to use like actual uh, herbs and flowers and shit like that to dye things and animal fats, all that good stuff. Um but this porphyria disease makes it so those that are afflicted have to either have blood changed out or consumed very, very frequently. Some sources say once a day. Um, you know, it, it's there was another thing, too, that they were saying where if you uh, do a bunch of cocaine, your blood gets so rotten that it has to be like literally you have to drink blood once a day. So I'd never heard that before. That may be one of those um, 
over the top type things that's just not true but that porphyria is absolutely real and uh it's extremely rare but all the royals seem to have it um there were some russian czars that that had that as well um but i mean i've mentioned it many times they're descendants of the original dracula right and they're highly connected to the nazis so that's just a little rundown of some of the uh demonic and satanic things that the that the crown has gone through and they obviously control the city of london um now what about the vatican the religious area of this whole trifecta you've got the vatican um you know there's pictures after pictures of popes being around or even just holding upside down crosses and of course the reptilian imagery in the vatican and the moloch statue at one entrance of the vatican which references child sacrifice right the worshiping of saints and the virgin mary over god and jesus and all these things um christians believe that the only way to heaven is through jesus okay now if they're promoting christianity obviously catholicism is a little bit different than like the non-denominational stuff um this is just blasphemy according to to the theory right according to the christian theory and you even have the idea of the rosary being blasphemous and a prayer to Mary, right? The the Hail Mary and all this stuff. It's just very, very weird to see. And you have the Hail Mary prayer supposedly being blasphemous, the rosary, um, image worship, all these things that are promoted but are actually condemned. And if you look into this stuff yourself, you know, the Pope kind of leads a lot of people astray, it seems. The Jesuit society kind of masquerades as a society dedicated to Jesus, but they go around and damage, uh, you know, global societies and countries and, and, you know, whatever populations from within. And they've been banned from several countries around the world. Um, a lot of Christians actually think that the Pope represents Satan, but calls himself a godly man. So this would be another blasphemous idea. And, um, I mean, I see it, you know, I see it. Absolutely. You know, people bow to this guy and they kiss his feet. Um, they think that they're channeling God by doing so. And they're probably channeling some kind of God, but not not the one that they think they are, which is, uh, you know, it's just another sick idea of this whole thing. And if this church is so pure, why all the pedophilia? Why all the allegations? Why all the proof of pedophilia? Right. You got the bathhouse controversy and all this shit. Um, many of our political leaders around the world are tied in to the Vatican by either the Jesuits or the black nobility or some mafia style society. And I mean, they're just the most insidious of all these types of leaders that are channeling what the masses think is good. I mean, the Catholic church has a massive following. They're taking what, what a lot of these people were taught is good and they're, they're bastardizing it right and i'll get into this a little bit more uh later here with the four types of powerful demons in our world um according to uh, at least one theory which i find very interesting uh but the last one i'll move into here is obviously washington dc and this was uh very very interesting to me just looking into this and i had been familiar with it but i actually got some names here that were kind of uh, a little mind-blowing um but obviously dc completes this uh unearthly uh i should say earthly but unholy trinity i mean um very very dark stuff here so the military forces around the world especially the u.s wreak havoc on unsuspecting and weaker nations okay we see it supposedly going on 
in Russia and Ukraine, um, specifically Ukraine. But, you know, Russia's in Kamala Harris's words, a big country attacking a smaller country. And that's bad. Right. Um, now, I don't know where you stand on that whole thing. And I don't want to get into it because I think it's a lot of propaganda and we can get completely sidetracked by just um, going off on that rabbit trail. But this does happen in real life it's not always propaganda i mean it always is propaganda but it's not always theater it's not always fake sometimes there are people actually dying in these situations when big bully countries go in and push around smaller ones usually for money or some sort of resource i think that there's also some sacrificial element going on um but oftentimes these stronger militaries seem to be doing the bidding of israel especially the united states and they hide behind supposed christian beliefs in doing so while simultaneously disavowing christianity and their actions um you could all now that i think about it you could add a fourth wing into um into this whole thing with hollywood but i actually tend to think that hollywood and um and all these things hollywood would be the mind control center if anything but i think that they work with the military to make that happen um And the most recent example on a wide scale that I can think of implicating the military in this unholy alliance is the United States presence in Afghanistan. Okay. Now I pulled this from real politic. It's a really, really interesting website. If you want to check out what they have to offer, just some truly incredible information. Um, But this is a quote here from, from the website. Okay. By at least 2009, the Department of Defense was aware of the resurgence of child sexual abuse in Afghanistan and that it was occurring on military bases. A 2018 government watchdog report lists 5,753 cases of abuse, many by Afghan commanders engaged in pedophilia. The United States spent more than $2 trillion during the Afghan war, but as senior analyst Emily Prey notes, in an article for Newslines Institute, did virtually nothing about the sexual abuse by our, quote, allies on bases. Horrible, crazy, disturbing information. And um, this Afghan culture institution, um, the rape of young boys by adult men is known as Bacha Bazi. It's also uh, in English that translates to boy play. Bacha Bazi. And... Um, it's really disturbing to think that maybe the United States was perpetuating some of this through our military, because I support the, the young men and women that go over there. Um, not as a whole, but I support them individually. Patrice O'Neill had a great quote where he says, the troops are nothing to be supported. Um, he's a great comedian. Very, very smart dude. The troops are nothing to be supported because all that they're doing is they're listening to their leaders. Um, and it's true. It is true. Um, I'm thankful for all the people that go and do that, but they don't get to think for themselves oftentimes, right? Unless you get to a certain rank. Um, there are every once in a while, there's some people that do not listen to their leaders. And sometimes they end up winning uh, Medal of Honors and things like that. Medals of Honor. I don't know the proper way to say that. Medals of Honor. Um, Dakota Meyer comes to mind. Um, there's There's some high profile military people and some personalities that have experience that have admitted that yeah they you know if something didn't sound right they wouldn't do it and i wish more of them had the courage to do that and unfortunately when they don't things like this are perpetuated by good intending people and i think that this has something to do 
with the dark energy over these people. It creeps in when they don't really expect it. They think that they're doing something noble and that probably has something to do with ego and pride. And then, you know, the snowball fucking rolls down the hill and just gets crazier and crazier. Um, so getting back to this Bachabazi, this boy play controversy, among many other people and in involved in this whole situation, there's this Lance Corporal Gregory T. Buckley Jr., who told his father before he was killed, okay, he was shot in Afghanistan, supposedly by a teenage boy, said that our allies, the Afghani police, were raping kids on U.S. bases, and the United States military wasn't allowed to do anything about it because it's tradition. I say that's a fucked up tradition that needs to go then. The Taliban rose to power because their founder, Mullah Omar, I think it's either Mullah or Mullah, I'm not really a great pronounce pronunciator uh with the uh with the the islamic names and stuff but we'll go with mullah um m-u-l-l-a-h if you want to look him up mullah omar um the guy that started the taliban he intervened in a rape that was uh going on between two men against a teenage boy and um him and his followers after this event went down him and his followers vowed to protect teenage boys from rape. So they gained support by a lot of people. And it makes you wonder further why the United States goes into Iraq and Afghanistan after some Saudis attack our country. If that's the narrative you want to believe, why go to Afghanistan and fight the Taliban? I don't know. It's it's a disturbing thing to think, and I don't, I don't want to believe that it's true. Um, but Buckley's story is one of several. And um, I mean, it seems like anyone that speaks out was reprimanded in some sort of way, like this major Jason Bresler, who was relieved of command after reporting an issue. Fucked up, man. You know, and there, there's stories. If you talk to some people that were fairly high up or you listen to them more specifically, this was absolutely a thing. It's tradition, right? I don't know. It's tradition. Um, there's a lot of fucked up traditions. There's some disturbing pictures of uh, like artworks of a boy on his knees, uh, really detailed paintings, colored paintings, a boy on his knees and a bunch of men around him uh, bowing and they're on their knees and the boys on his knees kind of upright. All these men are bowing and it just looks like it's like the beginning of a really, really disturbing uh, event that's about to go down. We'll say, um, but I mean, it's unfortunate too, that the negative is always pushed to, to the light, right? It's always being pushed by these religions um, it's become more obvious to me with, again, with Christianity over all the others, because um, it's what I'm looking into mostly, right? I don't really look into these other ones because I see the elites attacking this specifically. Now in China, they're attacking the Uyghur Muslims pretty heavily, but these are Abrahamic religions, right? Um, the Jews are constantly under attack. So it's it, it probably realistically, it's got something more to do with the Abrahamic religions. Um, but, you know, as far as the negativity being pushed to light, the idea of the seven deadly sins, you know, everyone knows about those. I, until recently, had no idea about the seven holy virtues, which are much less known. You know what I mean? A lot of people that I've spoken with and asked questions about the seven deadly sins and the virtues, um, a lot of people don't know about the virtues. And the virtues are, are a direct combat against the sins. Um, but, you know, it's like the idea of speaking things into existence or telling a kid that you aren't supposed to do something and it makes them want to do it more. You're talking about sins and you keep talking about sin. Maybe, just maybe, 
Okay, follow me here. Maybe sin will appear if you think and you talk about sin. Okay, so of course you have wrath, envy, lust, sloth, greed, pride, gluttony. But there's meekness, which is the combat against wrath, kindness against envy, chastity against lust, diligence against sloth, charity or generosity against greed, humility against pride, and temperance against gluttony. Okay, we never hear about those things, because if you talk about those seven, maybe the world will be a better fucking place. Instead, the seven deadly sins are like romanticized. You know what I mean? Um, through all kinds of stories. I mean, I don't know. It's something that really bothered me when I started learning about the the teachings here that or, or the theories we can call them. Um, why not promote these things more? You know what I mean? Now, maybe I'm a fool. Maybe, you know, I've just never paid attention, but uh, I'd be curious to see if you'd heard of these. And I'm going to get into some different things here, um, all relating to the satanic takeover, obviously, right? And uh, I've been looking into the idea that some demonic forces control the governments around the world, right? Now, I know it sounds like an episode that you hear on a paranormal podcast at this point, but um, I think I really do think that there's something to this here, okay? It's the same way that there are different levels of angels or uh, levels of good energy or good people. There's different levels of demons or evil forces, okay? Now, this is the four levels of demons that I uh, was referencing when I was talking about the Vatican and how the, the demons inside the Vatican are the worst of their kind. You have these ascending in order. So the first, the lowest, would be the principalities or rulers, okay? This elite group is not found doing the devil's work among ordinary people. They have the special job of influencing earthly rulers and governments, so politicians that have been in office for what seems like forever, okay, are mediums of these rulers, I would say. Uh, I'd even venture to say that high-level businessmen and, and corporate leaders may be heavily influenced by this group of rulers as well. Um, the second group, a little higher up, is called the powers, and they are the demons that aim to spread the power of evil and darkness into any given area and into people's lives themselves, Okay. They are evil spirits of energy and force that attack the feelings, the imaginations, and stir people up to commit terrible sins, is a quote. Um, I hate to bring up the stupid Will Smith, Chris Rock shit, which uh, was, in my opinion, just to set up, you know, you probably heard the last episode, but Will Smith said something very true and really, really powerful, which I know is probably a script, but he said that uh, Denzel took him aside and said that when you're at your highest moment is when the devil comes for you. I think that this has something to do with these so-called powers, okay? Um, even though I knew that speech was fake, that quote kind of hit me because I was watching it live. Um, if you heard me talking on Patreon, I was just talking shit basically about everything. And it was just a it was kind of a surreal thing to go on, even though, you know, in the back of my mind, I thought it was BS. That quote was very, very profound. Um, and I know there's probably knowing what I know about like the Smiths and all these people now, uh, there's probably some sort of demonic reference to that. When you're at your highest moments, when the devil comes for you, may mean like, yeah, that's when the devil uh, takes you under his wing or some shit. You know what I mean? Who knows? Um, but this third group here, 
is called the rulers of the darkness of this age or the world forces of this darkness. Uh, this group are those demons that manage superstitions, witchcraft, fortune telling, heresy, ignorance, and spiritual blindness. Um, they're the demons of darkness that bring us into error, ignorance, and darkness. Uh, let's see. They keep, I'm sorry, they aim to keep us from hearing God's truth. Now, this last group, which is the wicked spirits in heavenly places, or the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places, are very, very powerful. These demons are the most dangerous of all demons because they are religious demons. They are the demons who have joined the church, been baptized, profess religion, and even profess holiness, like the Pope. Their whole aim is to attack the most religious people and get them off into heresy, to follow impressions, etc. All forms of modern heresy and wild delusions, such as spiritualism, Christian science, Darwinism, are the result of these wicked spirits in heavenly places. Okay? Now, the spiritualism is that first point there. That is what I've been saying all along, without even really knowing exactly why I felt spiritualism was so fucked up. It's just really interesting, and I've been just instinctually feeling that this push for spiritualism is not a good thing. Mysticism, uh, spiritual religions, they're, they're being pushed hard on us, right? Um, the Rosicrucians may actually have something to do with this, you know, this fake wave of spiritualism, because they're an elite society which focuses on Christian mysticism. And they do a lot of wrongful things while hiding behind God. I think that that's one of the worst things that you can do. I would say that the Rosicrucians are probably one of that fourth level of demon, which is the most insidious and the ones that really, you know, hijack good and make it look bad. Right. Um, Heinrich Himmler might have been one of those types because, you know, he went in and he told all the pagans, hey, you guys need to be Christian now, took pagan sites over and made them be Christian with force. Um, the Crusades. That kind of shit, which people constantly reference and say, this is why Christians are bad. The Crusades, the fucking church, all these things. None of these things are really, I don't think, sanctioned or um, not sanctioned. None of these things are really uh, promoted by any of the teachings uh, from what I understand. Now, again, no expert here, but it just, I think that if I, if I really wanted to make a group look bad, in today's time let's say i want to make um teachers that support gender uh, fluidity in their preschoolers i would be on a board i would fund one of those groups for years and then i would go out and commit some horrible pedophile act um while hiding behind the idea that i promote gender fluidity right that would be the idea now that's of course a hypothetical situation um, but I think that it's a very, very smart way to make a group look bad. It takes some time because you have to gain the trust. You have to gain all the, um, the following and you have to, it's a, it's a long game thing, which we're not so good at doing in this country, especially the people on the right and the conservatives and the, uh, more religious people that are just people, not the churches, not the powers, but the people themselves. We feel like we want to see these things go down in our lifetimes. So we're ready to fight with guns and all this crazy shit, supposedly. I really don't think that we are. But, you know, we're not willing to just say, hey, let's make the society a little better so that maybe like two or three generations from now, 
they can get the exact world that they want. We want this instant gratification, which been, you know, promoted in, in, in culture, especially in the U.S. here, right? Instant gratification, next day delivery, right? Quick delivery times when you order a fucking horrible artery clogging pizza or whatever. Instant gratification is a, is a big curse for a lot of people, man. Um, a lot of societies around the world. And so I mentioned this guy as well, uh, Paul McGuire, who I pulled this little uh, article, and I'm not going to read any of the article, but it's from newswithviews.com. And this Paul McGuire dude who, you know, he's a radio host, he's an author, a film producer, former socialist who's changed his perspective to be an anti-globalist and a Christian advocate. Um, He talks about this shit in 2012 and he makes some mind blowing predictions. I mean, this guy is on point with what he was talking about back then. And it just feeds into the whole idea that there is something to be said about not only those four demon types that I mentioned and the, the powers that be that are controlling the three big hubs of the world. Um, there's something to be said about like what the true teachings of some of these, you know, religious texts actually have to offer if you follow them. And if you have a critical mind and if you can think independently, or maybe if you're more of a scholar that's been pushed to the point of leaving academia, right. Um, which it sounds like this guy was that, and then you're pushed into looking into why the fuck is this agenda being pushed so hard i think that that these people can actually really you know in a way predict the future because it's you're you're following a template right it's what alex jones says all the time even though i think he's a fraud in a way um i still respect him i've said this many times he's not predicting the future he knows the plan because he does a lot of research and he's also got some knowledge of the religious texts and things like that but This McGuire guy, he claims that there's an extremely small group at the top controlling all global policy. And not only that, but they're Luciferian. And he says that this group could be as small as 12 individuals. Now, this made me think of the Majestic 12 right away. Um, I don't know if there's any correlation there. Also, the 12 disciples, um, the repetition of 12 when we measure time and uh, the calendar, the zodiacs, all that, all that shit. It's very, very interesting to me. Um, twelve is a, obviously a significant number. The square root, you know, one hundred forty-four, um, or squared, I should say. Uh, twelve squared is one hundred forty-four. Um, he goes on. This this McGuire guy goes on to say that these Luciferians are moving quicker than ever to begin their end game agenda as of two thousand twelve, at least. And he believed it would start as early as late 2018. Pretty damn accurate, considering that at the end of 2019, COVID began taking hold of every aspect of our lives and ushered in a trial of global economic shutdowns, okay? And these alleged 12 couldn't have been anything short of ecstatic when they saw how many people fell in line with the bullshit rules that the government's put in place. It's wild to think, right? If there was this plan going on behind the scenes and everyone falls in line when they thought maybe this is a, this is a try, we'll, we'll make an attempt here. And it works out so beautifully for them. Shit. Good on them, I guess. Fuck. Um, 
What's more interesting is that McGuire even claims that the 12 are going to use scientific mind control to reach their goal of complete economic control. Okay. Again, BlackRock is also obsessed with economic control. So maybe there's something to do with BlackRock and these 12. I'm sure that there is. But McGuire cites anti-Christian, anti-American, and pro-Marxist programming as the primary cause of the easily malleable public. Pro-Marxism. Follow daddy government. Fuck America. Fuck Christianity. All that stuff. That's what makes it easy for the public to be malleable. Fear is one of those things that makes people malleable. And if you have strong faith, you can't be scared. It's not possible to be afraid. So I don't know. Um, The stealthy nature of their strategy has really developed politicians at the highest level who are programmed like Manchurian candidates with synthetic personalities, right? And they all have developed Manchurian actors and entertainers as well. I mean, it's just, they're all over the place. Social media personalities probably too. Dare I say podcasters? Maybe. Who the fuck knows? Who knows how low down they'll go in society? Because podcasting, let me tell you, it's pretty low. Um, So they've got influence, right? They've got influence. They've got lawmakers. We know that. They've got a lot of different people working in tandem to fuck us over, basically. Now, the League of Nations around 1918 with Rockefeller funding and the Dulles brothers were these crafty and really motivated dudes at the top who were very, they were Luciferians, okay? Um, Supposedly, admittedly, Luciferians. Know a little bit about Alan Dulles, uh, mostly, obviously, the the first ever director of the CIA, founder of the CIA, basically. very, very weird dude, highly connected, uh, highly motivated. I think it was their uncle, if I'm not mistaken, that was very, you know, high profile dude and brought them around, introduced him and his brother to uh, some very, very fucking highly powerful people. Um, but the the Dulles brothers, they made Christianity the primary target of attack by uh, infiltrating churches and uh, religious organizations all alike and just really corrupting them from the inside out and, you know, putting their own people in there. And I personally have always thought that churches who are ran by man are very, very far from perfect. And I choose to look for my relationship with the creator um, based on my own thoughts and my own methods, right? I mean, this is why I've gone through different versions of what I think happens after we die, Um and maybe I'm sure that there's some influences on the way I think, but, you know, I try not to fall into this group thing. You know, I feel like there's some people that need some guidance and, and maybe a push in the right direction. And those people that need, uh, you know, some sort of coaching, I think, are tempted away from good and unknowingly participate in these evil rituals. Right. Um, Maguire, even, you know, to quote him one more time or not quote, but, you know quote adjacent he claims that the politicians and bureaucrats and all these power players around the world have all kinds of ritualistic get-togethers from washington dc to underground caves um all around the world for us like bohemian grove right i mean this is kind of exactly what pops into most people's minds and i would say probably the most concerning aspect of this whole thing is how they've gotten the masses I mean, everyone, whether you're a Christian or an atheist or a Hinduist or whatever, Buddhist, 
um, they've gotten all of us to participate in some of these evil rituals in some sort of fashion. The big one for me is the child sacrifice and even the eating of their flesh, believe it or not. Now, you may have heard me talk about this HEK293 stuff before, okay? You know, I've, I've been researching on, you know, for this particular episode for quite some time. And uh, quite some time for me means like, you know, two weeks. And, you know, once I learned about this, um, I, I do have to say, though, you know, just for clarity, I was told about this whole HEK thing from a Patreon subscriber. And um, her and her man are really great followers, friends of the show, and I appreciate them. And that's what's really cool, too, is learning about this stuff from from people that listen to the show. So many people do so many different types of research and learn so many different things that you can come across this information just by interacting with people. So big, big thanks to them. Now, this HEK293 stuff, when I learned about it, I was talking about it on quite a few different occasions. Uh, Monday Night Master Debaters, I spoke about it with Matt um, of The Great Deception. I think I talked about it with uh, Ghost, the guy that runs uh, Talk at the Tavern. And then his show is, of course, My Third Eye Podcast. I've brought this up a few times. And I don't think that anyone could bring this up enough. I think that even if this program isn't around anymore or this, this patented technology isn't in use I would say that just the thought that this was considered is very, very demonic in nature. Now, maybe you don't, we don't need to take it to demonic, but we can take it to, uh, I mean, gross at the very least. Evil, I would say. Um, cannibalistic could be another way that you could phrase this, right? Um, there was a scandal that popped up back from 2012 to 2016 in there. And these companies came under scrutiny for using HEK293 cells as a flavor enhancer for their products. And they were in partnership with a medical tech firm called Cenomix. If you want to look into this a little more, you want to look into the company, which is no longer, supposedly, um, I would recommend you do that. It's S-E-N-O-M-Y-X, Cenomix. Um, from what I understand, they sold their technology to beauty products. So you ladies, when you're putting makeup on, a lot of times there is um, this HEK293 stuff in there. Now, they they use it as a flavor enhancer, supposedly, or a flavor saver for the edible products. But I don't know what the excuse would be for products that you rub on your skin. I don't know if it's just kind of like one of those things where it's a slap in the face to the Christian side of things and to the, uh, you know, the ideals that, you know, Maybe killing kids is wrong. Killing, uh, you know, fetal, using fetal tissue in products is wrong. Um, killing fetuses is wrong. That, that It's a slap in the face to that idea. Um, I, I want to get through this. And the, I mean, there is, I, I should mention too, this isn't the only one, right? This isn't the only company that that kind of makes a wink at some of this really, really, you know, Evil things when we're talking about the Bible. Remember, I'm talking about this from a Christian side. Um, Ambrosia is this company too, right? There, there's this weird setup that they have where they advertise as, you know, a fountain of youth of sorts, right? And that's kind of what Ambrosia means, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's a reference to the fountain of youth. And 
you have basically older folks going in and getting blood transfusions from young adults, they say, uh, people over 18, um, people that are willing and they know where their blood is going. But I, I have problems knowing that that would be the case. Um, it just seems unethical to me, right? It seems dark. It seems like that adrenochrome shit. And that's why I think possibly um, that would be another reason to rub, you know, this this HEK293 stuff into your skin on your face is to, uh, you know, make yourself not age so quickly or not appear that you're aging. Obviously, you're aging the same as all of us are, but the whole look of not aging, looking young. There's nothing wrong, ladies, with looking 50 years old, okay? You keep yourself in shape. There are some very attractive 50-year-olds out there. Lisa Ann, famous porn star, 50. She's not a porn star anymore. I think she's turning 50. Looks great still, okay? Now, I don't think she's making any videos, but her face is still... She's held herself up, is my point. Now, getting back to the Cinemix stuff, the whole process started back in the 1970s in the Netherlands, okay? This flew under the radar for some time, though, um, obviously decades. And the technology that is used here, although I think it's wrong, I do understand that some technology like this may play a role in being able to feed such a large population here in the United States at a relatively low cost, right? You may get some some pretty poisonous food for a low cost, but you're still getting your calories. They may be empty calories and we're not going to get into that whole thing. But if people are broke and they don't have the ability or the knowledge to get some good food, right? With good calories, clean calories, clean fat. Um, there is this kind of technology that will come into play here. Now, the companies that use it are companies like Pepsi, Kraft, Nestle, Campbell's, uh, most bubble gum, most mints, most candies, they use this stuff because, again, it enhances flavor according to, to what they say. And if you didn't know already, this is um, just the I, – I know that I alluded to it, and, and you probably heard me, but this is the human embryonic kidney cells of aborted fetal, fetal tissue. So uh, it, it, I have a problem with it big time. Um Knowing that I've probably consumed this stuff makes me sick. But at the same time, you know, if you don't know about this, you're not in the wrong, right? You're not in the wrong for, for participating in something that you don't know you're participating in. I, I do think that there is ritualistic aspects to this. But if you're not willingly a participant, I don't know what to say, man. I don't, I don't think that, that you're doing anything wrong by, by eating this stuff. Um, I think that the the blame falls on the companies that utilize this technology. I'll say that. Okay. Um, I don't want to dig into it too much, but I, like I said, I've, I've spoken on this several times. There's so many companies too that um, allegedly, and I can't stress the alleged part enough. There's a lot of companies that use aborted fetal tissue in their products, which 99% of Americans consume at least once a year. Like I said, Pepsi, Kraft, Nestle, Campbell's, and there's a lot of of brands under just those four, okay? There's a lot of brands under those four. So, you know, it's not clear, like I said, if these cells are used today, but it is proven that they were at the very least 
partnered up with this medical firm, Cinemix, that was willing to do this. The idea that it was floated to me is very wrong. I don't care how good the fucking barbecue potato chips taste. Okay. They don't need to have that in them. There's so many other ways you would think, right? You would think, who knows? I'm not a fucking uh, scientist chef, but you would think that there are other ways. And you know what? It's obviously using aborted fetal tissue of any kind, whether it's animal or human, um, it's wrong, right? But why not use animal cells instead of, because animals have kidneys, right? I think, uh, you know, why not use animal kidney cells? Why use human kidney cells? Unless you're trying to carry out some sort of mass ritual. I'm sorry. I mean, there's no good explanation that you can give me. Maybe they'll say it doesn't hold the flavor the same. I don't give a fuck. Use a, I mean, a monkey, right? Monkey fetal tissues. Yeah, it's wrong still, but it's not as wrong as doing it to humans. Hamster kidney cells. I mean, I don't know. It's not cannibalistic in that sense, right? Now, I wouldn't want to eat a hamster or a monkey, but I'd much rather eat their fetal tissue than human fetal tissue. I don't know. Maybe that's something that is like that conservative side of me or the side of me that leans towards Christianity, where I do think that human life is sacred. And I think that humans have souls to be clear. I think animals have souls too. I look at my dog and I, any one of my dogs, whether they're alive or dead, each one of these dogs have unique personalities and you see, I mean, I looked at my dog in his eyes when he died Z, right? Um, Z his his eyes. I could tell that he wasn't him anymore, right? You can tell this. And we, we weren't even sure that he was dead, but I looked at him and I kind of knew um but you know we still rushed into the hospital and all that stuff not to get all sad here but you know there's a there's a flicker there's some sort of life in these things now i can't say the same thing for reptiles right lizards and uh obviously bugs bugs eyes literally look the exact same maybe under a microscope they're different um but there's something about these certain animals um that i i don't agree with the whole idea that christians say only humans have souls so I don't agree with everything, and that's why, like I say all the time, I'm agnostic, okay? Um, so I prove to me that this is not a cannibalistic ritual, and you know, I'll be open to the argument. But this got me kind of looking a little bit further here, and I started looking at the cannibalism and the sun gods, right? And, and kind of where, why would this be satanic in nature? Um, there's a lot of religions that really play off of the sun god and the sun worship some people even argue that jesus the way that he's portrayed is a reference to i think tammuz um now i'm not again i'm not an expert in this i'm kind of sharing with you the stuff that i have learned now if you look at any of these especially catholic portrayals of jesus he has a sun behind him always like if you ever go to like you can go to probably your local grocery store um and you can find those Catholic candles where they have the different saints on them. Look at the one of Jesus. He'll usually have a, a heart on the outside, um, usually a, a realistic human heart. And then he'll have like the rays, the sun sunlight behind him. And this makes reference to light, right? The Lucifer thing. And I'm going to get into that later. It's actually going to be in the Patreon if we're not already there yet. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of lies behind that whole loose for being the light bearer too. 
And I'm excited to share that with you because it was one of the most mind blowing stuff. And then we'll get into some NDEs and, and it's, uh, it's just going to be a fun thing. So one, one in particular, one of these groups, one of the cultures that stood out to me when I was looking at this stuff was the Aztec legends. Okay. The Aztec legends kind of go something like this. And I'm, I'm loosely translating it here. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. There's some more shit to this, but this is kind of the basic layman terms of what was going on. Okay. And where they, they came up with their idea because the Aztecs sacrificed so many fucking people. Um, and they, they, it was moral to them. They thought that there was a reason the people did. I think that the governments and the leaders, I think they knew, I think that they knew that this was simply just killing. And I think that it was more of a dark ritual rather than a light one. And that's portrayed really, really well in Apocalypse. Is it Apocalypse now? I forget what the fuck. I feel so stupid for bringing it up. The Mel Gibson movie. Uh, whatever. I'll uh, I'll probably, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about with the, the Indian types and the running around. I feel like such a piece of shit that I don't remember the name. But anyway, um, in the beginning of time, God made a few attempts to create worthy beings, which he could make sacrifices of. Um, not to the gods, but to the sun. So the sun is a different entity than gods, right? Now, this is kind of where Lucifer may come in or some something like that, right? Lucifer is obviously a more Christian idea. Um, but the sun moved based off of sacrifice. This is the only reason that the sun moved was sacrifice. It wasn't some natural law. It was sacrifice. Now, the gods created animals. And then after that, they created mud beings which that sounds like a slur, but I swear to God, that's what they call it. They created mud beings, and neither of these could communicate or make pilgrimages to shrines. So the gods then began sacrificing each other just to please the sun's urge to move. The sun wants to move, but it can't unless blood is spilled. Now, Quetzalcoatl, which is that, that the main Aztec god, from what I understand, again, no expert here, but you hear, you hear uh, him mentioned several times. It's like, I think it's the androgynous snake god, uh, chicken snake thing. So he cuts out the hearts of all these other Aztec gods and offers them to the sun, which then begins to move as he's doing this. And the message is very, very clear to him at this point, as the gods themselves had to sacrifice one another to get the cosmos going. So must the humans, which are now created supply hearts and blood to ensure hope you're enjoying the episode everybody if you want to hear the entire thing head over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast and i'm going to be talking about some near-death experience data that i came across which is fascinating and then also the true light bearer and spoiler alert it is not god it is not lucifer all right now i need to also thank the folks that have signed up in the last month here i've got patrick michael arvizu christina kramer Dustin, Donna, Victoria Willis, Joe Schwimmer, Scotty Cratchen, Msimba Mawere, Jose Alfaro, Ed Carvalho, Jamie Booth, Sarah W., Brian Vicentainer, and Ash Mooney. I hope I didn't butcher any of your names. If I did, just let me know the correct pronunciation, guys. Thanks so much for the support, and I'll talk to you all soon.